Hey, everyone. Kara here from The Kara Golden Show. Look, I've started and scaled companies, but when I first started podcasting, figuring out the workflow for this business was a real challenge. There were so many moving parts that I needed to learn from scheduling and recording to editing and promoting each episode. But once I streamlined the process, things got easier. I was able to focus more on bringing in amazing guests and delivering great content, which was such a relief. Thinking about this experience reminded me of the challenges many face managing their business every day. Whether you are the CEO or working supporting one, you need the right tools to streamline processes, especially when it comes to shipping and handling orders. That's where ShipStation comes in. ShipStation makes it easy to manage your shipments from all your sales channels. ShipStation automates tasks, prints shipping labels in bulk, and keeps your customers informed, freeing up your time to focus on growing your business. If you're looking for a way to simplify shipping and make your business more efficient, ShipStation is the solution. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time too. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me and my team to manage orders from anywhere, print shipping labels from just a click. Yes, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable with discounts up to 89% off carrier rates. And who wouldn't want that? Plus, an easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses as well? ShipStation just makes it easier so your business can grow. And yes, even when you're on your summer vacation, ShipStation is it. Work less and ship more with ShipStation, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA, K-A-R-A, to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm super, super excited to have my next guest on here to share with us all about his journey. We have Kelly Thornton, who is the founder and CEO of an amazing brand that if you've not heard about it, either for yourself or as an incredible gift, uh, Tej Hanley is the name of the brand. So it's also known by some as Tej, but we're going to call it 
the real name, T. Shanley, today. Uh, so Kelly is the founder and CEO. Uh, it's a men's skincare brand, and it is just over a six-year-old brand that is a direct-to-consumer e-commerce company with the mission of helping men look and feel amazing. Uh, I had actually heard about it a few years ago. Um, I'm remembering now, Kelly, that I think my son actually reached out uh, to me and uh, told me about this brand. And I think he was following somebody on, I don't know, YouTube or TikTok or someplace. So that was the first time that I had heard about it. But the business has evolved from selling three distinct skincare systems to boasting a wide variety of products. And uh, the products are awesome, super easy to use. As I mentioned, I have guys in my house. All of them love the products so much. I even stole some of them too. So even though you're focused on the men's market, um, you know, I can, I can use them as well. So, uh, but I love, love, love the founding story and the products and the company. So I'm really excited to have Kelly here. So welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Totally. Uh, so before we get into hearing about Tej Hanley and your journey as an entrepreneur, I'd love for you to share more about what you were doing before you decided to make the leap and start Tej Hanley. Yeah. I mean, I was, I had a business through college. So I had like a painting business. I was, I was grown up. I was one of those type of guys that, um, one of those type of children that were very motivated, um, to do things. And, um, my parents, you know, while I grew up in a nice, you know, suburban household, I was required to do a lot of work and, and pay for my fair share of my education. So, you know, I spent time painting houses in New England and, and really trying to, um, and started a little painting company there, which I was very fortunate about. It put me through college. Um, but then I went into the corporate world and I spent 19 years working for big corporations, years that I am very grateful for, but, um, were very different. And, and I, that whole time, all 19 years, I really wanted to get back to being my own boss and controlling my own destiny and really trying to do something that I felt was more rewarding. So, took me a long time to start my second company, which was called Purchase Point. I did that in 2009. And I think that was the warm up for what I'm doing now at T. Shanley. So how did the idea for a men's skincare company and, and you being an entrepreneur and starting that company come about very different yeah. than what you were doing before? You know, at the time, really thinking about this in 2015, I really felt that the way men were being educated and communicated with about men's, about skincare, um, was not the right way. Like, I didn't feel like, you know, I was interested in understanding the men's skincare industry and like understanding what products to use. And I was concerned about anti-aging and, um, you know, I was being spoken to like the way I think women are spoken to, which is with a much more in-depth knowledge base of how to take care of your skin. And so I felt like that combined with the fact that with Purchase Point, the company I mentioned before, we were doing a lot of, of work internationally on um, understanding how men were shopping, mm -hmm. that you know, that guys just don't go out to shop for skincare, number one, and two, they just don't understand it. So I felt like there was a really underserved need to like help make it simple for guys to get into skincare and to give them some information, education about it in a way that 
you know, guys like to consume information. So you have co-founders. How did you find them? Yeah. I mean, one of my co-founders, um, so I mentioned, uh, my previous company purchase point, one of my co-founders, uh, Rob Hoxie out of Connecticut was a technology kind of guy, a tech guy. And, um, I had the idea for T. Shanley and I said, I called him up and I said, Hey, you know, Rob, have you ever thought about skincare? He's like, I'd never have, like, I think there's a, monom- a phenomenal opportunity here. And, you know, here's a thesis. I've written this down. Can you help me build, build out my, you know, um, business plan a little bit? So that's what happened. We launched actually in 2015. It was complete failure. Um, we were putting other people's products in a box, focusing on a routine, um, and, uh, and education and, you know, it just wasn't good for a lot of reasons. Um, primarily because we didn't have a, a voice. And secondly, because while we had highly curated products, people could buy them, you know, anywhere on the internet if they searched enough. So it wasn't, there wasn't enough uniqueness and, and it was a right concept, just wrong execution. Um, and that led us to contact a, a grooming influencer on YouTube. He's just somewhat getting started. It'd been a few years in. His name's Aaron Marino, and he is kind of the number one men's grooming YouTuber. And that really kind of cemented the plans that Rob and I have been working on to help educate guys about skincare and simplify it and speak to guys, you know, in a way that is relatable to kind of where the man is thinking, you know, how men think about taking care of themselves. So the three of you uh, all get together and, uh, and you know, you've got this idea, you're sort of driving it. It sounds like you're adding different skills, different concepts into this. You've had a, uh, failed initial launch and then you've regrouped, uh, what was kind of the next thing that you did in order to launch again? I mean, that must've taken a lot of courage. Yeah. I mean, what, what happened was Aaron, he was very, very interested in, in, in the men's skincare space. He was like really relating to my thesis that, you know, men should be taking care of themselves. And he was really focused on this kind of overarching kind of like men's grooming, fitness, how to act as a man, how to get the job. He was focused on all that. Um, at purchase point, I've been spending a lot of time on the concept of self-care. So we were helping big, uh, OTC pharma companies Mm -hmm. like Pfizer and Bayer think about like the journey that people take in taking care of themselves and their health. So what Aaron was talking about and what I had been working on with purchase point with some of my customers, um, was really about this kind of like journey for, for men and, and you know, journey for people, but it, it, it meticulated into journey for men. And I think like Aaron was really interested in this concept. Um, so I actually reworked my business plan. Aaron is in Georgia and I ran down to Georgia, um, Atlanta, Georgia and met with him and we really gelled on the idea. Um, Aaron was very bullish about being able to communicate to his his guys that he'd been speaking to about why it's important to take care of your skin and how easy it is if you if you think about it in the right way. So um, we we took another year to prepare for relaunch, mm-hmm. and we spent a lot of time formulating our own products and really 
um, coming up with the right business plan built around a subscription model. So we relaunched in 16 and um, from there, it went, it went straight up. So how would you describe Tish Hanley to anyone who isn't familiar with it today? And how would you describe like what, I guess, what makes the brand really unique? Yeah, I mean, I, we are an uncomplicated skincare system for men. So we make very specific skincare systems, no matter where you are in your skincare journey. And we're going to put them in a box and send them to you roughly every 35 days. We're going to make it really easy. We'll provide you with explicit instructions and then we'll help you develop a healthy skincare routine along the way. And we'll help you like figure out what's right for you. And not all products are going to be right for all people. You may be using like another product um, that you really like. And there's a lot of great products out there, like Kiehl's as an example. And so we'll help you like figure out how to integrate our products into your skincare routine if all of our products aren't right for you. So that's, that's what we really do. We really focus on the customer and really focus on helping him in his skincare journey and everybody's at a different place. So we have young people, you know, young men like that are 18, 17 that are starting with us for acne to help them control like their acne. And then we have, you know, we have men in their sixties and seventies that are really engaging in skincare for the first time. So it's really, you know, very unique and very, very rewarding to like help guys think about taking care of themselves and the benefits that they get from it, which is they feel better about themselves. So what is the number one thing when consumers are coming to the site? You talked about the different demographics, but the number one thing that kind of gets them to buy, is it, uh, I, is it a problem that they've got with their skin or, I mean, I would yeah. guess that it's not really maintaining as much. I mean, they will maintain it once they build trust with you, but is there a, yeah. is there a uh, problem initially that they're trying to solve? Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting, right? Um so the the answer is what I kind of described, but I'll I'll go into a bit more depth. It is about that simplification, mm -hmm. that just making it really easy for a guy to engage in the skincare category. So I think that that is something that we're very, very good at. So it really helps get a guy over the hump to get him to engage with with our products. Um, you know, on a larger scale, it's the same reason why you'd want to go to the gym regularly or, you know, that you find a particular shoe brand or clothing brand that you really like, you know, you feel, it makes you feel good. And, you know, um, and actually when, and I, I'm, if, I, I'm sure you have a lot of very sophisticated female listeners that understand the market. So I, I don't, you know, mean to be condescending, but guys, we don't really understand that if you do do something to your skin, your skin will look better. Mm -hmm. it, it, you'll actually look better. You, you'll get compliments. People will say to you, like, what are you doing differently? And so when that happens and guys engage with us, uh, or, or, you know, or in a skincare journey and they see these results, then they, they are really interested in, in trying to understand how to get it right. So you talked about educating and obviously that's, it's really challenging to educate the consumer because I, I think yes. getting their, uh, getting their ear, getting them to pay attention is, is very difficult. How do you get the story out? Yeah, we, we've done, you know, we, because of Aaron, it, and this was a secondary thing that I didn't realize we were getting 
with, a, you know, having a business partner that was in the influencer world. But we really, we really very, very, very early on understood how influencer marketing worked. And I think that really helped us develop a whole marketing strategy around working with people that are in a space that men are listening to and really trying to communicate through their story and their own personal um, experience with skincare, how you use it and why you use it. And that, that really, that mechanism has been very positive for us. And we've, it's difficult. And if you talk to people, they'll tell you how difficult influencer marketing is. But I think we, we kind of had a little inside baseball on it early on and we honed it as a very good, a very important craft here in our marketing team. Yeah. And I think other people have seen it work, um, for sure. You've just got to have the right influencer who totally believes in the product and, and it is believable, right? Uh, that they're, that they're using it and, and they believe in it. So I think you, uh, you did really nail it for sure. So you're 100% online. You're a D2C brand, also on Amazon too. How did you make that decision? And and uh, I know you've talked about doing stores uh, or yes. thought about it for sure, but I'd love to kind of hear your thinking on that. Yeah. I mean, you and I were talking about that a couple of years ago. I, you reminded me before this conversation, you know, I thought that we needed to be in bricks. By the way, I think this is kind of counterculture right now. I'm just from what I, what I see and read every day, um, in the, in the DTC space that you have to be omni channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think my, my belief right now, I felt that way a couple of years ago. Um, we were considering raising, um, we didn't. And, uh, you know, we heard a lot of feedback from, um, from capital part potential capital partners that we need to be omni-channel and we needed to do this and we needed to do that. So I was really focusing on trying to, you know, follow other people in DTC and follow their path and get into retail. It wasn't, we, it didn't matriculate to, for us and uh, materialize for us. And so, um, and, and another very lucky thing for T. Shanley is that we didn't get into retail because I think um, our, a lot of our competitors and a lot of DTC companies, it could either be the best thing that ever happened to them, or it could be, the, you know, kind of, you know, the worst thing that ever happened to them. So we, um, it, we just didn't get in when we tried. And now that we're not in, I see us uh, still having, um, the opportunity to grow, um, you know, more than double just in the marketplaces that we're in internationally and like just being better at what we're doing. So, I'm not, and I'm, and I'm not 100% convinced that mass market retail is the right, um, the right play for us. So I think, you know, right now, I, I think if anybody that's out there that's listening that feels like they have to go into retail, I, I'd say like I'm not sure. You know, you be you. You figure out what's best for you. Um, I was told we had to do it, but I'm glad we did. I'm glad it didn't happen for us. Um, we're very happy with what we're where we're at right now. Yeah, well, and I also think it depends on on your investment structure too, because if you have the type of investors who um, need to see a return at, within a short period of time, but if that's a very very different situation than somebody who's yeah. uh, not raising or hasn't raised capital uh, and wants to. Um, look at what's best for their consumer. So I, I think yeah. it's it's a very different situation, and you guys have have really shown why that can work. Yeah, I mean, I 
we've been since the beginning we've been focused on being profitable and you know when you when you have a lot of money in the bank i think you think differently about how the decisions you make and why you make them we've always been self-funded so we've always been capital constraint and um we've always you know been able to make money to to grow our business and so you know taking a big swing like that is not like retail um if it doesn't work it could be it can be incredibly detrimental to our business. So knowing what you know today, you've uh, been yeah. in business for uh, a little over six years with this business. You've been in the business yeah. world for a while. Uh, what do you think is is really one of the most important things that, I guess, talking about regrets, maybe you don't have any regrets, but sort of knowing what you know today, what would you do if you were starting again? Uh, maybe create your own products from day one? Is there anything else that you'd do yeah. differently? You know, when you realize that you, that, that a decision you made is a bad decision and you, you know, it could be anything from, it could be anything, um, how you're spending money to how you're hiring people, like changing that quick, more quickly, you know, they, they, right. They say hire, uh, hire slow and fire fast. Right. And that's really hard to do, but, um, you're going to make tons of mistakes and that, and that's, they're good. Like making mistakes are, you know, failure in my opinion is what makes you great. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to constantly fail, but realizing when things not going well and making a change quickly, that's a skill that, you know, takes a long time to really hone. And I think, you know, had I made decisions faster to correct things that weren't going well, that, that would have been very helpful along the way. Easier said than done. Right. Yeah. If I, you know, um, but identifying it, you know, identifying bad decisions, it, 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 it takes a lot of in internal fortitude and it takes a lot of internal, you know, you have to be at peace with yourself and your, and your, and your humility to say that that really is not working and I need to make a change. Um, and it's really hard for a lot of people, anybody that has, you know, us founders, we're really, you know, we've had to go through a lot. And so it's, it's, um, it's really, really hard to admit that something's not going well and to make a change. Yeah. Right? So, and I think it's when you're, when you're so, when it's your own money, right. And anyways, too, especially in the early days, I mean, you're making decisions, um, that maybe if you've been in the corporate world for 20 years, uh, you know, you're, I don't know, it's just different. It's different. And, uh, you know, you also, I felt like those, those first few people, um, were harder to actually let go of because you tried to also, you know, determine whether or not it was you, not them. And could you take some more time to spend time with them and manage and all these learnings along the way too. But I think at the end of the day, you, you kind of know whether or not somebody is going to be okay for the company for at least the stage. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, not being too hard on yourself in retrospect, right? Because you make decisions at the time based on the knowledge that you have, the, the data that you have, the information that you have, the hand that you're holding at that time. 
you make, you make a decision and you think you make the right decision. Looking back, a lot of times, you know, it wasn't necessarily the right decision or that person didn't work out or that big risk that you took in marketing didn't come to fruition. Um, and we've had so many of those, but you, you know, you're making what you think is the best decision at the time. And so I think that's okay. You know, it's, it's okay to, to be honest with yourself. Problem is, is when it doesn't work out, you have to realize that you have to cut as fast as possible and, you know, come to, come to grips with what you learned and how you're going to get better from it. So being an entrepreneur is brutal. I've heard you speak about uh, discipline and and hustle and uh, and you're speaking to your younger self, a new entrepreneur. What would you warn yourself about? Throw all that ego in the closet immediately. I mean, you know, realize that there are a lot of better, smarter, faster, um, better looking ahead of you people in the market, um, you know, and, and you're one of them, Kara, you're a trailblazer in the market and we all look up to you and realize that there's great people out there. And so you're not the only one with a great idea or a great team, um, or being a great leader, um, or being great at hiring. It's there's, so put all that ego in the closet, um, young Kelly, and um, focus on the mission and the journey and what you're really trying to accomplish and, and who are you trying to help and why are you trying to help them? Focus on that. Yeah, I love it. I think also, as you and I discussed, you had reached out to me and I think being able to, you know, just pick up the phone and reach out to people, shoot them an email, I, like what's the worst that can happen? They don't respond. They, um, you know, I, I think that's what great entrepreneurs do. Yeah. And you were, you were very gracious with taking my call, call early on. I think now that I'm thinking about it, um, I will go ahead and, and, and be fully transparent with you on, I think the very first time we talked, which was in 2020, I think, I think you thought I might've been a woman in woman's skincare or something. <laughs> it was when I picked up the phone, you're like, I'm like, Karen, you're like, Kelly. I'm like, yeah. And you're like, is this Kelly Thornton? And I'm like, oh, that's so yeah. funny. And you're like, oh, okay. You're a man. I don't know. I think I'm probably wrong with that, but um, you were very, very, very gracious early on oh, helping me out. That's funny. That is, that's awesome. So with the success for Tiege Hanley, yeah. uh, I guess, how do you know that you're successful? I think that that is something that entrepreneurs are constantly looking at. Like, you know, you, I don't know, you make, you're profitable, you, you put a plan together, you're making the plan every year. But at what point do you sit there and say, yeah, we're killing it. We're successful. Um, we're not killing it. I mean, what, what is it that, that really makes a brand successful? We're, there's a one word answer. Never. We're never, we've, we have not achieved success. Um, I think the moment that you think you've, that you've reached some, something is the moment that you're going to get knocked off your horse. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you know, I, I just, I don't think as, I don't think we've made it, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we're, we're holding our own. I, you know, I, I've read and listened to a lot of Warren Buffett, you know, and it's, it's like his philosophy is almost like just stay in the game, you know, like the longer you stay in the game, 
you know, the better your chances are at being successful. And, um, you know, so it's just every day grinding, 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 following that roadmap, doing, staying focused, doing what you're doing every day, day in and day out. And, um, you know, slowly brick by brick, you know, brick by brick, brick by brick, you, you build and, um, and hopefully, you know, one day you look back and you, you're amazed at what you've created. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. And it's, uh, it's definitely true. I always say to entrepreneurs that, you know, eventually you'll, uh, you'll get to those markers that you're looking to get to, whether it's getting into Target or, um, you know, getting to the first million in sales on D2C, whatever yeah. it is, but you just have to stay alive, right? And keep working, exactly. right? And that's the the key thing more than anything, I think, for for great, successful entrepreneurs. Stay in the game. I mean, I remember looking, you know, at my phone, we were Shopify early on and seeing, you know, like 20 orders for the day and then, you know, 30 orders for the day. And I'm like, this is incredible. When we get to whatever, hundred orders for the day, it'll be phenomenal, you know? And then when I look at it, you know, and I'm not at, you know, thousands of orders for the day, I'm, I'm disappointed. Yeah. I'm disappointed. Like, so I don't think we'll, you know, we're just doing the hard yards every day and being grateful and thankful for what we have and realizing that it's fragile and any moment it could be over. I love it. Well, last question, best advice that you've ever received on on building a company. I mean, the the Warren Buffett one was beautiful, but is there any any other ones that come to mind? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a guy who's been um a mentor of mine for many years. He's a personal friend of mine. I, I really look up to him. He's had a phenomenal business career. And, um, you know, I told him my business plan for my second business and, um, you know, I brought him this big expensive launch cause I thought that's the least I could do to get his advice. And, um, you know, I was really waiting for him to validate me and to validate my idea that it was the greatest idea he's ever heard. Cause to me it was, um, and he said, you know, I'm, I don't really know how good your idea is. It sounds pretty good to me, but it's all about the execution. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you think it's a great idea, just, you know, focus on really incredible execution and, um, and I'll help you along the way. So I think that's my advice, you know, focus on and executing. Um, I guess it's that, that thing that I just said a minute ago, brick by brick. Definitely. Yeah. I always say that ideas are a dime a dozen. Uh, and it's really about the execution that will make or break uh the the company and and you know, frankly, um the the entrepreneur. So Yeah, absolutely. More than anything. So great. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on. And uh Tiege Hanley is the name. We'll have all the info for the company. Uh, and for Kelly as well in the show notes. Uh, but thank you again for sharing all of your wisdom and your company and your lessons and your journey and awesome, awesome products and company and founders. So thanks again. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen 
or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023. And goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.